Yes, it's me. I'm here. <laughs> Welcome back, all you polar bears and polar bear women. I don't know. Just bears seem kind of uh, male dominated. So, you know, bear people. <laughs> Um, welcome to the podcast. Hey, none of this funny business. Uh, hey, so this is a polarized pod. Welcome back. Uh, this is a podcast about uh, polarizing movies, polarizing in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. We uh, talk about movies that either critics love and audiences hated, or vice versa. Uh, today we are talking about a relatively important movie. Uh, Poetic Justice, a John Singleton movie, came out in 1993, stars uh, Janet Jackson and a Tupac Shakur. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm pumped about uh, continuing our 90s theme. It's been really insightful to get a, uh, yeah, get a better and clearer understanding of you know, kind of the what was going on at the time that I was uh, the both of us. I'll introduce my ghost in a second. But yeah, just a while. Yeah. What kind of movies were being made while when we uh, were uh, growing up, you know, not not old enough to obviously know about this or anybody show us it. But yeah, it really gives you still a strong sense of what the style is in tone in visuals. uh commentary all of that stuff but in order to get into this i need help with my lovely co-host and uh forever guest yeah i'm saying it i'm saying it he's a good looking dude and he's great to talk to and uh, hey now hey now now. (laughs) don't dream it over woo um, Mr. Uh, Mr. James Lindsay, hey, how the hell are you? What's going on, all you polar people out there? What's happening? It's uh, it's your guy, uh, James. <laughs> it's your uh, main man. It's uh, it's your forever guest. I'm here back again, yet again, another week with uh, with me and the trusty forever guest. And I will uh, never leave. I'll never leave the studio, <laughs> and I'll be here whenever the show starts. I'm here. I'm waiting. And then you go away and I'm still, I'm still here. And you come back and I'm like, oh, we, we, we ready to get polarized again. We ready to get polarized. I'm ready to get polarized. Let's get fucking polarized. polarized. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look at us. Just feel like pumping it up. I I feel the energy in here. I think we're both really excited to talk about this movie or just at least excited to talk to each other, which is usually the case, but I don't know. There's something about this movie. I mean, you're just, you're bribing me with, you know, good tidings with these, these compliments of being lovely. I thank mm-hmm. you. And now I'm, I'm in great shape and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and ready to go. This mm-hmm. has got a 34% from critics and an 83% from audience. This poetic justice movie just had a drop. Yeah. Drop that. Oh yeah. As well. Yeah. But, and uh, I think, I think to jump into that is, is that the reason that that is that way is because this is John Singleton's second movie after winning a bunch of awards and getting just really huge recognition for creating a masterpiece that is Boys in the Hood. And so as this, you know, that that was his like, you know, arrival him, you know, um, people could argue taking somewhat of a chance, even though he was really quite a prodigy. And uh, I think he went to UCLA or USC, one of those schools. And um, so people knew that he was capable of doing great things and believed in him. But Boys in the Hood comes out and really uh 
crushes. It's just, it connects with so many people because I think there, you know, obviously we have the LA riots, which is something we could talk about with this because it kind of happens in between those things and really happens more closer to this to the point where Tupac went off uh, to protest for the LA riots and, um, you know, was signaled to come back and we got to shoot this movie. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, like, uh, are you, uh, do you, have you seen boys in the hood? I don't know. I've I don't think we're watched really the whole thing. About it's, it. it's one of those movies that I've, I've always seen pieces of and uh, totally. I wish I was more mm-hmm. prepared today to have seen that okay. movie and have that be a part of my uh, movie and like personal encyclopedia of movies in my mind. Um, but I key key scenes from that movie. I've, I've seen multiple times. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know and thrown it thrown it on and and for whatever reason yeah i just haven't haven't uh watched it from beginning to end um in the days of just having cable and, and throwing movies on been like oh, more yeah. familiar with uh john singleton as i've grown up and i was familiar with like yeah just movies in general and his his place in in movie history and and everything um, yeah however this is still one that i was not familiar with like at all like i did not oh i did not know about this movie at all and uh knowing that these two just heavyweights in the field of music are acting as well together in this movie by sean john singleton at the time of his career is a pretty big deal this movie huge deal oh my god huge deal all eyes on him you know even to bring some tupac into this (laughs) is that like yeah people were okay here's gonna be the golden boy of hollywood who's going to uh, i mean because he's years old he's 20 yeah that's what i'm saying it's crazy dude prodigy yeah everybody insane right wow yeah and you know it's hollywood has uh has yeah kind of has this thing that they do where they're always behind the eight ball on culture and they have a hard time recognizing young uh, like directors filmmakers um because there is such a elitist like or just insulated culture that is hollywood where like i'm you know if anybody who just gets a brief like um kind of uh lecture or synopsis on how these movies are voted on and how that whole process happens it's very about hollywood people propping themselves up and it's very self like yeah self-aggrandizing and they're it's yeah so it's hard to break through with things that are biting and cutting in a way that is, yeah, that isn't what the, that ruling class is about. Cause it's not to say that there aren't, you know, aren't movies that get nominated in, in for the Oscars and recognized in Hollywood that don't have pretty interesting and radical ideas, but it's just, it's, it, it can be really hit or miss because yeah, there, I think more often than not, it's like prioritizing things again, that they more care about that could be considered like new and edgy, but it still kind of fits into this whole, what they're, what people kind of already, you know, are thinking or, you know, it's not going against the grain as much It's more. So again, like I just mentioned of, yeah, it's self aggrandizing, like, yeah, isn't it so crazy that this is happening. And that's why you get so many of these, you know, you'll get like um, 
period pieces or, you know, historical context stuff and a lot of dramas predominantly featuring uh, white people um, that, yeah, are small but have a lot of interesting things to say about um yeah being a human and all of those stuff so i don't want to downplay like the winners previously and say that they're not edgy or they're not forward thinking but it's just tough when you're talking about a this is because john singleton and also just understanding black culture at the time is like there's so much eyes on it people have yeah it's really we're we don't move quickly in society when it comes to this stuff unfortunately and so a lot of people don't have a good idea of what is what life is like in these areas or just kind of we touched on it was kind of hard to touch on in class act because it was just so like cookie not cookie cutter but it was so like made for tv where it doesn't really get into any issues there's a little bit of it but it's so thin it's played for but real when it is too yeah absolutely like, yeah but, stuff that is played in that movie is, is usually for laughs Oh, totally. Which is fine because that's what that movie's about. Yeah. And so, you know, and we spoke favorably of it because like, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to get into because I, you know, what's interesting is like, you know, this, uh, that movie and this movie too is that so uh, Class Act was 94. This is 93, 92. Uh, this one is 93. 93 so like again so la riots there is pretty you know not like it's totally gone away leading up to this but there's still a lot of oh class act was 92 so happened around the la riots which is interesting because there's isn't a whole lot of that featured in that movie and again it's okay it's a comedy and i won't harp on that too much but what i was getting at is is that there's something that is equally important that that movie does that this movie does and john singleton in general is it uh presents life in those areas that most people have no idea what's going on yeah. and it and, and it's they're showing in theaters it's you know it's people are going out and to see it and yeah everybody is interested in what's going on because you know they're seeing on the news that there's a lot of civil unrest and there's a lot of racial like just uh i don't know what the term is but like yeah there's a lot of racial turmoil i, I guess what i'm trying to say is is there's yeah people are being forced to act up because they are being treated um in a way that is yeah either considered inhuman or just racist whatever and um yeah like john singleton again so it was a huge deal that he won um for uh boys in the hood and everybody and it was kind of also uh, yeah, society, it seemed like society was ready for what John Singleton had to offer to the world and everybody was paying close attention. And it is, yeah, a, a very interesting choice to go from a, uh, yeah, a, a movie that gets is very heavy, um, is pointed about the issues that are happening in John Singleton's life in life in general and to swerve, it seems like such a swerve to get to poetic justice because obviously the people in the movie are real and their voice is coming from a place that is similar to boys in the hood, but it doesn't really care about any of the issues. It's more focused on the romance and like we, you know, we're pretty gracious to class act. I'm going to carry that over to this is that that's okay. Like it's a, it's a romantic movie, you know, it doesn't. And it, it, 
also too it does get it some of the plot is propelled by gang violence and and it definitely has that in here does it do a lot with it after that i mean it it depends on how strong and we'll talk about it of uh janet jackson's progression because she is the representation of a scar in this movie just to start us off if you're okay with that is the movie starts off with her and q-tip I mean, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, touching on just the grand grand statements, you're really, really great or just very uh, providing a lot of wonderful context to all of this of not only John Singleton, but the the time period that this was coming out and and everything. And I just uh, wanted to recognize that as well as, um, yeah, just, oh, man, I'm losing my point. It's just. One of the uh, main parts of this isn't, it's coming back to me, I'm sorry, is not so much as like Boys in the Hood is in the hood and um, in the city, in South Central. And this is a movie that has them leaving the city and going Mm -hmm. on a road trip and getting out of South Central and their expressions of character outside of that situation and i think in that way you mentioned scar i think all these characters are dealing with trauma and Mm. the uh fallout of situations that have happened to them in the past absolutely Mm -hmm. and it's a lot more about letting their guard down and opening up in a way about those things that is more difficult when you are in that situation and get removing them from that situation and putting them in these, you know, kind of situations of just on, yeah, just on a road trip. And then a couple stops along the way, you can see them start through some, some fights and everything between certain characters, but between our two main characters starting to loosen up a bit and open up as well after being so guarded through the, their own trauma, personal trauma that they've dealt with as well as, um, the outside forces that, yeah, they have no control over uh, affecting their their lives. And that was something that wasn't apparent to me just from the trailer of this movie when we, we just watched the trailer as, as mm. well right now. And I wasn't aware that's what the movie was going to be. But it was a way to really spend time with the characters and get to know them. and. Yeah, learn learn about it from a more intimate setting, I guess, was, you know, from the truck going up there and a few, right. a few stops and a, a lot of a lot of time in that truck. But yes, I'd like to yeah, definitely go to the beginning as well, which you also want one of your other points, too, was, you know, talking about, I think, just other sort of things that were popular in Hollywood at the time and to see uh, a parody start the movie off with like a typical like romantic drama featuring what popular actually like popular white people like popular movie stars and done in a very professional way because i'm sure john singleton directed that as well and and music and everything uh was you know just like just as epic as kind of just the rest of the movie so you just like you're brought into the movie 
with with like oh what is am i in like i don't know am i even in the right movie right now what's going on here and uh yeah that was just like i didn't expect billy zane <laughs> oh yeah to, oh my to, god to be sitting there and uh one of his lines well like he goes to the cd he like goes to the cd player after like they drink some wine him and his lady and then he's like let me put something on and then he because does, she's he already does, being too forward. I would just interject because that does come up as Regina King's character is, is that she's like just really down to like drink and that and he has to pump the brakes on her and be like, hey, let's try some music first. Let me set up the mood he a little even bit. Press the button. He just waves his hand. With he so he <laughs> waves his hand like he's like Fonzie, but doesn't even hit the jukebox. He just like. Harry Potter, Wingardium, Leviosa, <laughs> the fucking CD player to like that. play some sick beat, and then he says to her when she starts dancing, "Uh, well, it's it's the song that's uh that big that Biggie put like samples what is and what is the original song, and I, mm. I like when you call me Big Papa, uh, uh. but he says to her, last time I saw a woman drink like that, she was drowning." She says, really? Did she die? Did she die? I don't know. I was just a lifeguard. Yeah, very and weird. And they sit down. <laughs> and I was like, yep. and that sounds like, yeah, just like a funny line and everything, but also just didn't make any sense. I was like, if you were a mm. lifeguard, you would know that information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I get the sentiment of like, oh, last night. I mean, just that opening part makes is a good line. Something like James Bond would say. <laughs> I mean uh billy zane what a what a character it's so fascinating him having the career that he had because yeah i don't know he just uh, yeah he's just i don't know the energy that billy zane has is fascinating to me i can't articulate it right now but yeah it's interesting to me that he's a movie star because i think there is such a innate level of charisma but he just has such a striking look to him because of his bald head and his eyebrows and his eyes and all of that it just yeah it's it's fascinating yeah (laughs) maybe i'm about to come out with the phantom at some point soon so i'm excited for him at this at this point in his career he's a big big old phantom fan over here um like, like probably five or six years later something, something like, like that. that i don't yeah Came i don't at, know a lot of his other or maybe even or like maybe even later. he's like getting ready for titanic soon <laughs> uh, that one took a while to make uh, it just makes you realize how yeah how much of a wig the titanic stuff is um he, so he can't grow hair is that not his hair yeah. in titanic no definitely not yeah yeah oh, okay. yeah nice nice wig work yeah uh-huh yeah uh, interesting we were yeah, yeah so it's so a we're drive-in the, movie this this whole thing yeah. is a drive-in movie and then you get you go into a uh, q-tip and janet jackson justice our lead character justice she's poetic and yeah, uh-huh. in the car and they're canoodling and oh bonita it's it mixes in bonita apple bum into the song that's playing on his cd player when they start uh making love on the drive and like in the movie playing in the drive-in and then it mm-hmm. makes us into bony to apple bum by q-tip and then you see q-tip and uh yeah he's like trying to be fresh and she's saying no way give me those jujubes and the popcorn um and he goes uh fatefully to go get the snacks sees some guys that he uh you saw a week before at, at the mall or, or I don't know, you kind of get, you, you kind of just like a vague sort of vague, super vague. These, these guys, pers- like he had yeah. a bad interaction with. 
and they clock him. Uh-huh. Right. They clock him and there's this really bizarro shot where Q-Tip is at the concession stand and there's like this really big mirror that's like above it. I was, I was like, oh, why, yeah. why, would they, why would that exist there? <laughs> why would you have it where like it's a stand, right? Obviously, it'd be, you know, uh, prices and menu items and whatnot. There's just this massive mirror and it just like shows very clearly and all uh, zoomed in the two dudes just talking that it seemed like one was playing a video game. Yeah. Do you I think they have to it. wheel that arcade game out every, every time there's a, cause you can't leave that outside. Oh, right. Or it's no, it, it could be chained to the ground. Um, it's just, can it weather all the, all the weather? I mean, it's I don't know. It's Southern California. <laughs> it's like maybe you put a you put a thing on it for you know <laughs> a little bit, and you're good to go. Um, yeah, that that cracked me up because yeah, it was obviously important for Q-Tip to realize that there was something wrong going on, but it was yeah so out of place to have a huge fucking mirror uh, on the stand, and yeah, so. Like you were saying, there is a very vague about the, this guy's like, oh, that's this dude that we saw at the mall doing something. I don't know exactly what Q-Tip did or he, he just it's he because- was a, he, I mean, he was a drug dealer as well and of some kind because they oh, that's right. Tupac mm-hmm. referred, referred him as a what is it? A street street uh, pharmacist street pharmacist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like OK. The last guy was a street pharmacist or something like that. Someone says that to her. Oh. Okay. Norman. I mean, you know, it was either uh, him or uh, God. What, what what was the the other guy's name? Um, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Chi Town. Chi Town. Um. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all of that is very vague because what it's yeah. setting up mm-hmm. is is that um, Q Tip goes back to Janet and um. I'm trying to think of how is there anything really important said between the two of them before he uh, meets his untimely just like demise? Ready to, ready to go to sexy town. Okay, yeah, he, right. He got those jujubes, and they're probably going to use them in some sexual way. And, and whoa, okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right, James. <laughs> what? What? That's not what Here was you going go on. again. The jujubes, and then she was ready after she after he brought the jujubes. <laughs> That's what was going on here. Um, <laughs> and then he, God, he fucking. What are jujubes? Do you know? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Actually, I thought they were like <laughs> dots. Dots? Okay. I thought Do they you were kind of like similar to they're... dots. And she wanted those bonbons uh, too. Find out. Oh, I love a bonbon. Yeah, these look like dots. Jujubes just look like dots. I think I'm right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just like dots. They get fucking stuck in your teeth and they're gross. No, right. Thank, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. No. They get, they like, their purpose is to get stuck in your teeth. Yeah. That doesn't oh, look interesting. And then you can just have a, a snack, I guess, throughout the day as you're trying to like fish it out. No fun. Not a fan. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a hard pass for I me. I liked gummy stuff as a kid, like your sour patch, your Swedish fish. Even Swedish fish kind of gets stuck in there, but not as bad. Swedish fish is one of those things where you don't like, I, I think as a kid, no kid, no kid is like, Oh, give me Swedish fish because just solely the name so poorly named mm-hmm. because then as a, as like a teenager and adult, when I finally had it, I was like, these rock, this is just the gummy of a sour patch kit. Exactly. And it, yeah. It's awesome. They're so good. Great and flavor. everybody who hasn't tr- tried them, like go get some Swedish fish. They're great. Um, they have a sort of, yeah. too. 
Yeah, I don't know if I've ever tried that. I've just I love I guess like, I need yeah, my favorite sour, flavor. Yeah, sour patch with all the flavors without the sour. Uh-huh. Yeah. The I think I can put just up happy, with the happy patch kids. Cabbage patch kids. <laughs> Cabbage patch happy patch. Um I think I could put up with the Why are kids always in patches? Because they just you know why are the sour patch know. and then the cabbage patch? Because kids anyway, just I, do sh- shit in groups and you just lump them all together. <laughs> It's just kids being kids, you know. What are you gonna do? We don't. It's no so, rhyme so or cabbage reason. patch. The the lore is that they're like grown. These children are like grown as cabbages. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think they just like sprinkle cum in the ground and then oh it just produce, it produces? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you got a watering can and it's just filled with jizz, and it's like that's oh how no, it happens. You put the sour stuff in the cum. Oh, no, they're sour. No. <laughs> Just will eat them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, who knows? Maybe that's the lore I, of the sour patch. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I haven't read that stuff. There's probably some freaks out there that have. Um, yeah, they're the freaks, not us. No, definitely not. I'm just saying, you know, you were asking about how do kids, you know, grow out of the ground. I was like, oh, you probably just put cum in the ground. I mean, that's uh, what, yeah, that's what I've been told. Yeah, I don't know. Told by so. you. In particular, human production no, works. Yeah. Yeah. I've only gone to you for my human reproduction knowledge. Uh, yeah. And, and you're doing well. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. <laughs> you're doing okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not all bad. Uh, yeah. So we get to, um, yeah, a Q tip uh, getting shot by. Um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the most like tragic most like sad fucking thing and then there's like it's really well shot like this whole movie's mo- most of it's like just really professionally good like well shot and this oh yeah scene of like the just the glass shattering in such a in such a way and how it's edited and paced um is just really kind of master masterfully done as far as like cinematic yeah it it creates and you don't and it's not graph to the point graphic to the point where you see anything besides just the glass shattering and a little bit of blood on on her and and scream and just but how it's edited is um really really well done and there's Mm -hmm. there's another and when i'll bring it up again later but when regina king gets hit that one is also real you feel the weight of both of those moments really well sure. because of the editing and and how how much time and energy and pacing there is given to that that moment in time um mm. i really appreciate it yeah. and then yeah you never see those guys again and the um and she's screaming and then there's like kind of a a big i don't know whatever you call it, like crane kind of pan over the whole scene mm-hmm. of everyone kind of running away and there's shots being fired within the movie, the drive-in movie that's being played. So that's kind of like a nice little parallel as well. And uh, then it like goes to white out because it goes right into the movie projector. Which, yeah, it's just like very artistic things are being done. You can tell already off the bat of like, these are artistic decisions. There's this meta joke about, a, like, a, I don't know. You, this is probably like the time of like basic instinct or something too. Like these like romantic erotic, erotic thrillers with white people and stuff. Mm. Like, 
uh, yeah, killing totally. each other and Some shit. Michael Douglas era. Yeah, exactly. So it's just seeing a joke played on that before getting into your like or like the movie that you're gonna see. And yeah, then have it uh, have something really cruel and and brutal happen, and then the the main character it sets her sets her placement and her mind and everything and in a place to introduce who she is um, already. Yeah. No, and that's the power of John Singleton, too, because, I mean, you see it in his other movies. I think he gets a little bit more action-y and more, you know, a little bit more in your face. And I think maybe that's just like, yeah, it just comes from what the people want and kind of following that a little bit. But, yeah, he makes striking images without being overly, like, cruel or brutal. Um, when, yeah, when it comes to violence in particular and gang violence and, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah it's very cinematic it's very um it gets the job done i mean it sets up the movie really yeah very quickly uh efficiently if you will because yeah the rest of the movie is going to on paper is about her coming to grips with the loss and overcoming the traumatic experience that she's had in her life to you know be a different person and that's to set up kind of the yeah at least what the movie would like to really convey is that's what's going on um yeah so after that what so what happens so we have the I think it goes into uh, some of her poetry or like my, my mm-hmm, poetry yes. of her her narrating it over like mm-hmm. shots of the city and this you know uh score that's very of the time and very like symphonic and jazzy and almost yeah like i don't know if epic is too big of a, big of a word but it's just like a very big uh score that's kind of just makes you like feel like this is a yeah a a big cinematic experience um with a lot of like piano trills going like up and down and you know you get it you know some of that and then the skibidoop and and it uh She's she's reading this uh, poetry over it, and you get you get a feel for her as she's. I think she's kind of driving around, maybe to her job. I, I believe is is uh, at some point like that. And yeah, uh, it's like her making her way to uh, her work. You know, we see a day in the life clip of her going to work, and then that sets up the environment. You know, sets up South Central and where she's living and um also we start getting introduced to uh the characters in her life her boss which man i am just not a fan of her boss at all i think she is like a really cynical cruel person really catty. that has yeah very catty has a pretty shitty outlook on things and which is f- interesting because you would have like in another movie or an uh, other movies is that that person would be more of a productive guiding presence. And she is definitely guiding her in a way, but not in a good way at all, which is, yeah, really quite fascinating because she's almost like trying it, to yeah be like maternal and take her under her wing or, or something like that. But it's in a very tough love sort of way. And it's, it does those kind of stereotypical things of the main character at the beginning of a romantic movie of like, yeah everyone sure is, everyone is telling or at least her multiple times is like when are you gonna get a man like why what like mm-hmm. he, he's he's been gone for a while now like you should find someone new why are you why are you wearing black all the time um but she's doing it in a yeah in an aggressive way 
smoking her like Virginia Slims or or like clove cigarettes or something. This is such a such a skinny tiny cigarette. Um, I mm-hmm. noticed, and uh, just more judgmental and and catty about things for sure, and not as like supportive as like you know Tupac with his mom. Not to jump ahead too much, but like with his his mom and to parallel that she's yeah sure she's tough she's tough love she that, is tough but that's his fucking mom oh uh-huh, like, totally and she's she you t- can tell like she's put up a lot with a lot probably with everything that absolutely she's probably gone through with him and his uh baby mama and that sort of energy just comes across as like i'm not gonna fuck around and i that was the funniest thing when he's like trying he's trying to like convince her of what I, f- I forget exactly and then uh oh smoking a cigarette in the house and she's like don't smoke a cigarette and he's like come on i work hard to do and she's like shut the fuck up and don't and put that cigarette out right fucking now and he's yeah like, okay and then he's like man i can't believe i have to put up with this bullshit and she's like don't fucking cuss in my hat in my house and i was like she's so oh man she was awesome. oh she's like cussing she all the search. she's like don't cuss shut the fuck totally. up <laughs> uh, yeah who but, do you but, think you're talking to but yeah. The, yeah her janet jackson's boss and then a few of the other people that that work at the salon with her every like there's two uh so like neighbors like salon um neighbors and they're in their would you not they're not cubicles but they're stations what do you call yeah them? and they're like, um, and they're very antagonistic towards each other there's a this starts like the the movie of like a series of a lot of like conflict and i mean it's a movie there should be conflict, but like a lot of back and forth between people of confrontation whether it's passive or just straight up uh frontal in your face like fuck you sort of uh arguments but yeah the two of the salon mates don't like each other the boss is kind of going at janet justice jackson um and then tupac comes in as, as the, uh, mailman. the mailman yeah what'd, yeah. You, what'd you think of the introduction of tupac as a man i enjoy- yeah i enjoyed it because like yeah he i enjoyed him a lot in this movie he has a really striking face he has really big eyelashes there's oh, something his about eyes. his eyes yeah his eyes are like real beautiful yeah magnetic um yeah and he just i don't know there yeah it it were he was directed so well because obviously he can understand the stature of a mailman but there was so much uh, yeah he lived it um you know disgruntledness uh yeah just body language like coming up on the stand right she's working and stuff in like a very flirtatious sort of way mm-hmm, um, sure and i i mean you in the little bit i looked at from some from like the behind the scenes stuff he was just infatuated with janet jackson and was you know just look very looking forward to all the kissing scenes he would express and stuff like that and you know she was just like a, a huge huge deal to him uh, yeah as a 20 year old just having that opportunity to be in a john singleton movie with janet jackson um, absolutely but he was also super super hot shit at the time as well and the little i understand i guess he was a little you know he'd show up late to set sometimes and um stuff like that and you know it's right. nothing like too too major or anything but 
or you'd like smoke, smoke, be smoking weed and stuff and you know, whatever. But I think, uh, she, you know, Janet Jackson was more kind of just like consummate professional and just like on, uh, uh-huh. she, was, she was going and everything. But overall it seemed like the making of this movie was, was went well. Um, and I know there was just one interview where he's like, Oh, I tried to call her after the movie was over and she must've just changed her number or something. I couldn't get through. And he was, he seemed kind of just like, Oh, but a little bummed about that, but whatever. Like if I see her again, I'll say hi and, and all that. But, uh, I touching on that, like, and the, you know, the supporting characters, Regina, Regina King, um, amazing. And then, uh, is it John Tory? Is that his name? Joe Tory mm-hmm. as, as, as Chicago. Um, we spend a lot of time with them. I'm just, I was just kind of talking generally about that and that yeah. their chemistry was just so, so wonderful. I thought, and it seemed like that things were, they were just on a good, good page with each other. And I, I enjoyed that part of it because you spent a lot of time with them and a lot of like, um, close counters sort of situ situations. and that chemistry went a long way to keep things interesting between a very character heavy movie character driven movie of like who these people are. So anyways, yeah, you get, you get your meet cute with <laughs> Tupac and uh, am I going to too many rabbit trails? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love that. Anyway, I loved what you were, I are, loved what you were saying. Those are my segues. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. Wait, okay. Well, hold on before. Okay. Now that we do have an anyways, I just finished my, my beer i'm gonna be right back i gotta okay sounds good we'll take a break we'll be right back so yeah to pick back up on the relationship with regina king and tori what was his name joe tori as chicago Joe chicago um yeah like really great it's i mean because so much of what was like invocative of of the movie was the stress and the turmoil that was happening in their relationship because they're both yeah. like have a they're, very they're flawed falling out of love as tupac and janet jackson are falling into love right absolutely and but it, yeah in contrast it's really interesting because the what what they're bringing is a lot more than what Tupac and Janet are bringing just in a sense of like what, what they have, what they're going through, what they have to deal with all of that stuff. And um, yeah, I really, it it was tough. Cause I, I said this before we started recording, I think is that this movie is stressful because a lot of it has to do with Regina King and Joe Torrey because Okay, I guess to just set up so we can really get into where the plot is. is yeah, that, get to like the, the yeah. Stuff. So I mean, like they have they have their meet cute, and um, I thought that was pretty great, like little interaction yeah. right there, and that was pretty natural. And she kind of uh, nags him and gr- grills him a bit about yeah, asking mm-hmm. if he wants to smell her poo nanny, and uh, then gets yeah. grilled and and then leaves. She's like, get the fuck out of here. And uh, he goes back to the post office where they are throwing darts at a picture of George. Oh, H. yeah, w. we got to say. Yeah, we got to talk about this. Yeah. Pretty uh-huh, great. Which is, is great. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I guess that's just what the, the back of a post office looks like. There was like a shelves that said like hot ones or something like that. Like, mm. I, I don't know. I'm more curious what that meant maybe that was like actually in a post office and that means like, Oh, these got to go out quick. These are 
and yeah. ones or something like that. Um, but it looks, yeah, it just looks like pretty chill back there. He's like, all right, I'll, I'm finished throwing darts. Chicago starts throwing some mail back into the, the sorter. They're sorting the mail. And then there's this big, uh, big trip that they're going to take up to Oakland that they got to do every now and then. Um, that's all pretty vague as well. That's, oh, that's such vague like a, and weird. Such, I didn't yeah, understand. Weird, weird thing of like, you just got to drive this big truck without your uniform and there's going to be no like checks or balances until you get, I mean, I guess he got there and he was just like, Oh, I thought there was going to be two of you. Whatever. Okay. See ya next time. He's like, I guess it also happens in a day technically. So yeah. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it seemed interesting. This, this big truck. Why couldn't it just go on with whatever, I guess, I don't know, plane or whatever, however, else you can you can deliver mail but it's just this this truck to oakland that uh, yeah, we're, you know what we don't have sex on your mail by the way i know it's that was like, if you're yeah, sending a so letter cool. from la to oakland you might have a cop on your mail yeah, yeah you it's, might want to get a black light yeah no don't that's the thing just don't just, just don't accept it you know yeah um yeah yeah that whole thing is kind of weird if you think about the logistics of it but obviously just like logistics. with a lot of this logistics um logistics. you know like and, and that's that's where you get where you can easily critique the movie is is that it doesn't care about that kind of stuff and maybe it should care a little bit more only in the sense of what it could do to service interactions that would fill out the characters more because it is so kind of yeah like uh it's top level or yeah, it really shows that, it, yeah, it doesn't care about it, and it's pretty apparent with it. It could have gone more into the music thing, I think you you touched on earlier. Which I, 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 t- really, yeah. I, hadn't thought of, I hadn't thought about too much. I mean, it would have been nice to see Tupac express himself in that way a little bit more instead of just, like, kind of living vicariously through his cousin and listening to his stuff on, the, like, the radio and stuff. And Oh, you like, know. If, if yeah. he was going to Oakland and you know, we know what happens in, in Oakland right off the bat. So I don't know if that, that would have worked, but you know, see either on the way or while he's there, there's some sort of thing that either they, either they can stop at a, at something that, I don't know where he can express himself in, in that way. He's watching music at the, at that carnival. Um, and he's, yeah, he's just kind of singing at one point, uh, to himself in the, in the car or something, but it's more the, the impetus for them to go is, the United States Postal Service, and uh, that's, that's just the driving that. force. It's like you, yeah, you don't want to know a lot more about that necessarily, but it's just something where it begs questions that you don't. Yeah, have you're right. Answer. You're just like, oh, why is this, <laughs> why is this happening? Is but if there was like, yeah, maybe something adjacent going on up there. What she says, he's like, oh, I want to go up there. I always go up there and like work on music with my cousin. Um, but having now know what like what happens when he gets up there. I don't know if it's possible, but just even to have like a, some sort of flashback with him and his cousin or some sort of, yeah, some of, of, mm-hmm. of him and his cousin, like working together on music of, cause he talks where he's like, Oh, I helped write, write some of that or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. that, that could have been cool. Cause his cousin's music sounded pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It sounded great. Yeah. Um, yeah it's good that you bring that up because again that's like that that right i we don't want to know more about the logistics of mail service we want to know more about the about what yeah what drives tupac and what drives uh janet jackson more because also too she's 
going up to Oakland because she is going to do hair for a fashion show. Maybe it's like called something else, but that's what she's doing. That's not and there's, a lot of attention, but yeah. Yeah, zero attention. And those are the things that should be critiqued about this movie because her passion for uh, hair only comes out in how much fun she has at times doing hair for certain people, certain characters. But it's there's not really a good sense of like, oh, this is how, you know, my career is going in this, this direction. This is how I feel about it. Or she's cutting her teeth, doing, you know, going up to Oakland for this. Why? Because she, it's worth it. And, you know, and being more digging deeper into that stuff, just like with Tupac, because, yeah, at this point on music in some way she's writing poems i i don't know yeah oh that would have been real that could have been handled well or not i I don't know but there's there's something that could could be there too it's just yeah i i guess how much you really want to be like oh we got janet jackson tupac we should make this like a music driven movie i i could be like apprehensive about how far in that direction you could go to because they could do a version of that that's like too much into like oh it's a lot of them just like, or it could just be a musical. I don't know. That sounds pretty great too. I think about it. That sounds great too. That could have been good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a I mean, thing, different thing, I guess. Totally different. Uh, yeah. Cause this wants to, this wants to have, cause th- that's the thing that is pretty apparent to me about this is that this movie wants to have all of the stereotypical romance stuff, but it wants to tell it from the perspective of the black community. And so it, it, it like, it's weird seeing it fall into the pitfalls of like really generic romantic comedies, which it's totally entitled to do so no matter its race or creed, but like, it, it's just fascinating. Cause yeah, like instead of, instead of delving more into uh, which is yeah it's interesting to think about instead of delving more into the more grittier side not grittier but more like the real side of that culture as opposed to like the movie romantic comedy stuff or not comedy but romantic movie stuff it just it does yeah it 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 doesn't it's not yeah that doesn't work that's not good you don't just because you just because you want the this movie to be a you know a familiar romantic movie i don't think it means giving into the stereotypical stuff i think you could update it and outside of the actors and where they're from and all of that and sidestep some of the the pitfalls of a generic romantic movie and it doesn't what, what are it like feeds the best, best examples you'd say of like some of the stereotypical or like generic kind of stuff in this movie. Yeah. So what I would say for the generic stuff is, is that like the way romance, like the romance is built up is uh, like them clashing in the beginning and the turn that happens. And then the situations that follow there is a there to me there. It seemed, yeah, it just, it is familiar where we're on a road trip. She doesn't like him and he doesn't like her and they're butting heads. Now the voice of it is different, which is inter like great and fresh and interesting but i I, yeah like i was gonna say that road trip thing too of just like uh, like the hook of this movie that wasn't apparent to me but yeah essentially was like 
they don't like each other, but they have to be stuck in a truck together okay. all the way on this long road trip. Are they going to be able to get along? It's like they, that's that was kind of the the hook of it. And there, in a lot of romantic movies, there needs to kind of there doesn't need to be, but like the stereotypical kind of ones that uh, I think you're you're referring to as well have that kind of hook. And mm-hmm. I would while there was still plenty of positives that came from that. Uh, structure of a story i i do think that it yeah it comes across as you know like the easiest way to put two people together and to face those um differences and try to come together and or like get to know each other in in a way that you can't you can't get out you're in you're stuck in the in the car together and when you do you can just do like little um pit stops and, and stuff but also that being said yeah i'll i'll say that I think it does in the little behind the scenes stuff I saw was them saying and John Singleton saying that like this is an example of people getting out of the city. I know I'm repeating myself and and kind of that version of of themselves where they're able to relax a bit and in their words and and kind of not have to, you know, and and for some of the, some of these characters like look over their shoulder or be on guard or or whatever it is and they can be kind of comfortable and like let loose a bit and it's just a different kind of movie and singleton said that he wanted to make like a trilogy of movies set in south central and that this was the mm-hmm. second one and i i guess the next one would be higher learning i, I guess i haven't seen yeah i haven't seen that movie um mm-hmm. but it's and it's also it was that and then it was also from the, the woman's perspective of what uh, what the women have had to go through when yeah their men don't come home and the fallout from that and you you know i think there's a scene between her and her boss where they're looking across as like a couple guys are just getting arrested and there's like a police presence in this movie that's just kind of like janet jackson walking by them and and just Mm -hmm. while she's reading her poetry and stuff and and stuff that's just like when it's used is so prescient in the time that it was made and just as prescient as it is now to see some of the stuff that's made within this movie. And it is pretty amazing to see it being made at this time in such a true and honest way, but it is also a road trip romantic movie, you know, and then it's able to have those things. And it's mainly in the beginning and the end is when those realities come to a head. But in the middle is kind of, yeah, this vacation sort of romantic kind of getaway sort of sort of thing for them where they're able mm-hmm. to kind of, uh, you know, some like find similarities between certain like things like trauma and, and, and emotional baggage and and things like, like that, which I thought was pretty powerful. But also I, I agree that it has like it's it's kind of generic, stereotypical kind of romantic stuff. But that was to, to me, all of it seems like pretty purposeful. I think some of the pit stops along the way come across as like, like, let's find a way for them to get out of the truck and, and kind of get around a bit. Yeah, totally. And uh, there's just a carnival. But it, yeah, yeah, and it just didn't really have much leading up to those things because they were just like oh it just happens we smell barbecue you hear drums i guess we're stopping and that kind of stuff doesn't seem as like narratively satisfying when it's just kind of like that those that just seems more like a romantic Convenient. romantic comedy yeah just kind of like oh let's 
this was a good opportunity for them to get out and and have another, you know, and uh, Aisha's and Regina King's and Chicago George Torrey's characters like they're have another fight and then Janet Jackson and Tupac can come closer together. That's just I thought that dynamic was interesting of two people that are just like gradually like getting angry and angry with each other and then two people that are like falling in love. Um, but yeah, yeah that's. Totally. We're pretty much we're pretty much into it then. So we're we're on the road trip. We're um two Tupac kicks out uh Janet Jackson like pretty early on. They have a fight. Yeah. And because uh, his uh, which is oh yeah, it was an interesting dynamic, uh, you know. And again, this is where the movie is is more successful, is that it's it was so interesting to see th- <sighs> Tupac is calling Janet out for not being nice and not like being more. Yeah, why are you so mean? Yeah. Why, why are you being so mean? Why you just, you don't talk. But the, I guess specifically what's so interesting to me is that he's being mean and rude as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, cause there, I think there's a way of like, in that situation of, yeah, you definitely have to do more work than maybe you want to, to pull out of this person, like how they're feeling or just have a casual conversation to pass the time on a road trip. Mm-hmm. But he, he's so direct and, and condescending yeah. and biting and all of that, that sure. it, it, yeah, it, it was interesting to see, not in a good way. I, it, it made me feel for Janet where, and, maybe in, overall this is to the credit of the movie of just having you know more complex things at play here of it's understandable where janet is coming from but and it's also understandable where tupac's coming from and both are handling this poorly mm-hmm. and that and because they're both away from you know on opposite sides because of their approach to things and you know and what what have you about just relationships and connecting with people that yeah it it creates an interesting tone i was really enthralled in this movie because i was like feeling for janet like man tupac is such a son of a bitch like yeah she just she doesn't want to talk to you she's mad at you because you were being really disgusting to her at the hair salon like yeah she now would it would it be a better way to handle the situation if she was more just go with the flow of like you know what this guy is a huge son of a bitch but it doesn't i don't know it's tough i'm still trying to like wrestle with how i feel about I feel it like at least in because, that first scene their their guard is up like they're they're not yeah well, yeah for sure it. neither of them are happy about the situation they've already had one interaction while while it was kind of a meet cute or whatever like it didn't end well for either of either of them that scene and so putting them back in the front seat together and all that she's already pissed about driving in the in the truck um but yeah, because her cars I, broke down, and she was going to drive to Oakland, but then she hitches a ride. I we haven't said that yet, but I just yeah, that was so convenient too, right? Everything is pretty very convenient. I almost had forgotten about this hair show and everything, and you know she could have <laughs> just gone with her boss or something. It seems like, uh, uh, but totally, she's like very pissed about going with going with him, 
and going in the truck. And so she's like pouting and, and shut down. And I, and I totally get what you mean. I feel bad for her too, but she is putting off this energy of like, don't fucking talk to me. Don't. And then he's just like constantly like pushing and pushing and then condescending. And then, um, it comes to a head. They, he just like screams at her. He's like, yeah. Yeah. And, and calling, calling her a bitch and, and like multiple times and like, Mm-hmm. Uh, what was God? I'm just don't know my my '90s slang. I guess scamless, scamless. He kept on saying, "Yeah." And um, she just—I don't know. There's the scene of her just like, "What am I going to do do now?" I'm on the side of the road uh, with all my bags, and I'm going to start walking. And then there's there's just that. That's just such a classic like road trip scene of someone getting kicked out of the car. Um, yeah, of like a totally. road trip movie. And they get her back in and, you know, things, things go, things go from there. You know, it's like, I, I, I guess they, what did they stop at the, the gas station soon? There's like some stuff with like, uh, Aisha in Chicago, um, Chicago as you know, he's a great actor and I loved his performance a lot, but man, I'll just say as far as mannerisms go, and this goes for, Jan- Oh Jan- my Jackson's God. Yeah. As well. Like, it could have been dialed down a bit. The the hairbrushing, absolutely. And for, the hairbrushing, and, and for Jesus Janet Jackson, uh, I love her. I love her performance as well, and I love her to death as well. But her gum chewing was driving me a bit, I mean, bit crazy. I know it was such like a super distracting at like very key performance. Like, and she was performing really well. Otherwise, but she and then just kind of pause like with her mouth kind of half open with like the gum on like the back, and you can just yeah, like I don't. It it was a totally. Choice. It was a choice. I, yeah, it was a choice for Chicago to constantly be be uh, getting brushing that fade. But man, he was. It was every scene. It was every scene. Every scene. It was most apparent. Like this is just uh, his whole identity is wrapped up in this hairbrushing. Was he is eventually left on the side of the road as well, and. Mm-hmm immediately just goes into the hair brushing as he's walking down it's like you just had such a charge moment with you got in a fight he with your friend man brush I, 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 like i couldn't even imagine like at that point your hands are probably sh- <laughs> like would be shaking a little bit or you'd just be so f- like clenched fist yeah. and so full of adrenaline but he just goes right into the hair it's brushing tick, man. he's just like for anxiety yeah he's got to yeah. brush his yeah it, yeah it's it wasn't yeah that wasn't good because it was, it was overdone, too yeah, for sure. it was way too overdone um oh god that the gum chewing reminded me of a scene that we didn't talk about but was earlier where janet jackson is uh making popcorn and she puts tabasco on it and they pay so oh, much time t- time to that in that at the is that the movie it, scene or no uh, no, it's, it's so yeah, it's like Jana. She's back at home because um, Regina King is going out. She invites Janet. Janet says no, because and which we find out later. The reason that she's not going out with Regina is because Regina uh, King's character is an alcoholic and then always gets fucked up and does like crazy shit. And she doesn't want to put up with that. And which Regina King had such a funny line that it stuck out to me. Uh, um, is it's something to the it's something like the like the world exists so we can go fuck up in it yeah yeah and, and i just made yeah 
Yeah, I love that so much that that's what life is about is just to make fucking mistakes and go fuck it up. But then, you know, it kind of also they build on that mentality as well and really make a strong critique on it, which is really like forward in the movie about this whole drinking problem. Um, It it was yeah, it was just so noticeable how much the movie's like moral you know where it stands on things is so about like the drinking being a huge issue it's really destructive there's uh, yeah time is spent to when people are drinking or doing drugs like they're it's against it there's even a moment where tupac has like an interaction where somebody offers him weed and he's like i don't do that shit because you know they test him yeah they test him yeah they test and stuff and then yeah and then also but can we talk about I just I kind of pass on this one part Tupac's home life as well of him and his and this dude that share a baby mama with two two different children yeah tone loke mm-hmm. yeah that was such an interesting dynamic that, yeah that totally because he's just he's talking to his his buddy who's smoking weed and he's like dealing dealing uh dealing pot as well and they take a walk back to the apartment. His daughter's in there and the, and the weed dealer's son is in there and they're both from the same mother. And that was just, that was just like a fascinating dynamic. I, I thought, uh-huh. and, and these two guys like were, were good buds and had each other's back and everything and seemed like they, they both wanted the best for their children. And he mm-hmm. was, and Tupac in particular was, you know, the other guy, not so much. He was like, Oh, she's, She'll like she's just crazy. What are you gonna do about it? But Tupac was like yeah. very concerned. Lucky is his name in the movie, is very concerned about his daughter's well-being. And that was yeah, such a that was a heavy one of those more heavy scenes, I guess, of seeing those children in that situation and how heartbreaking, very much heartbreaking so. it was seeing mm. his daughter being taken out and then the the boy being like, Can I come? Like, oh my god, that was that was rough. Tough. Um yeah and but yeah anyways you brought up drugs and she was you know as no as but that's good that you brought she was brought bas- that up yeah. and then having sex with the with a dude in the next room and, and everything and that was just a a very mm. intense uh dramatic scene and then as he walks away he starts to get into the janet jackson poetry and cuts in and then the audio of that cuts out and this it's this really great tableau while it's kind of showing that and really artfully made but i just yeah i just wanted to touch on that scene before we move on with like the road trip no no that's that's good to bring that up because that kind of like encapsulates a lot of the movie and the road trip in particular because of you know the relationship with uh regina king um in chicago and then janet and tupac is that tonally they're so different and at times that the tone shifts don't work well in this movie because you could go for something that's like yeah the barbecue stuff and all that and then to get to what happens in oakland is really devastating and really hard stuff and it's yeah it's tough to deal with um and to see people go through that because it is so just devastating and and has yeah just an extreme level of realism where you're like man this is like uh yeah having a terrible perspective on society and life is completely understandable when these are the things that you're dealing with and yeah it's just i i don't i don't think this movie handles those tonal shifts well uh, it does make the the yeah it, at times it makes the more 
grittier and tougher stuff to deal with more apparent because it's accented or like backlit with just, Oh, we're at a barbecue and all of that. But then like, you know, to get into these situations along the road trip is, is that, you know, they're, there's this whole back and forth of Janet and Tupac not getting along, but Regina King is getting along with Chicago. And then they're talking in the back and they stop at a, uh, at a gas station. And then this is where Chicago tells Regina King to not get uh, a particular type of like lemonade, I think, because that's like her drink is that she gets this uh, like English dry gin. Gordon's gin. Gordon and mix it with the lemonade. Half, half of the lemonade you got to drink down. You fill that half up. You just drank with all Gordon's it looked like. And she was allowing that. Plow, yeah, she had to get those those squirt guns too. They had to get the squirt guns, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they talk about the 40s because he won the 40. Man, you know what stuck out is they got Cheetos, yeah, makes a whole point about the Cheetos, those labels, the label on the the labels. My god, man, these it's just so fascinating because they just went in the direction that is so uh, like now fallout of early 2000s culture is that they went in this extreme yeah everything in the early 2000s was about extreme you know all the kids that's what they wanted they're into x games you know skateboarding's getting big glasses he puts on the glasses they start adding like he's shredding through the bag and there's just so much more going on uh that's yeah just so you know intense and to see the cheeto bag where it almost looked like a a peanuts bag that you would get at yeah, a ball it game like a peanuts peanuts bag yeah. where it's like blue and white mm. and it's got lines on it and then it just kind of i was expecting him to be like because he grabbed the bag i expected him to be like you couldn't find my cheetos either he's like oh i got my cheetos like oh those are cheetos <laughs> those are cheetos what <laughs> oh i didn't even know we got jujubes we got cheetos There's we got popcorn bars. wait so we didn't fully so how do you feel about pop uh, tabasco and popcorn i'm like into that that's fine yeah i, sure. I, I saw i saw I, that and no, I was like, yeah, that, I think I just, just I, I like the classic butter is what I've realized. I like a good cheese. Oh, sure. Too, but if someone's going to do it, I won't be like, no, gross. I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess my only uh, thing that I'm like hesitant about, because I love spicy popcorn sounds great, you know, but just like with my gripe, I think I might have mentioned this to you just in us being friends about my maybe not uh, my opinion on vinegar with uh with fish and chips because i feel like it's very similar to so vinegar okay and i'll just before i fully get into my diatribe on vinegar and and, uh, fish and chips is that vinegar with starches just disintegrates them like if you put uh, any starch with a vinegar the vinegar will just destroy it where it'll just because of the chemical reaction that's happening but also, too, it, bread is absorbing that and the flavor of vinegar rocks. So I pro vinegar flavor for sure. But like with fish and chips is that you always see malt vinegar uh, with fish and chips. And I get that because malt vinegar and fish and the overall flavor of breading works really well, like because it's so rich and anything that's rich vinegar works well with because it cuts through the richness and adds an acidity to it. And you are always trying to find balance in cooking. And so if something is really rich, like oil, lemon you put on there, like really the acidity, right? Like if 
it brings out the flavor, makes it more balanced, which is what you should always be achieving in cooking. And so like mold vinegar is always like kind of like in the vicinity of fish and chips, like it'll be at the table or whatever. But the problem I fucking have with it is that I love the flavor a lot, but it just destroys the crispiness of fish and chips. Fair. You put malt vinegar on there, then it just turns into a soggy piece of fish. Mm. And again, you put it lemon tastes- on. I will put lemon on because if you're just squeezing it, it is so thin that it really will just kind of sprinkle over and be on mm-hmm. like, you know, little it'll it'll be a hint of it. Um, Have you thought of chugging yeah, some malt vinegar and then eating just <laughs> and then just yeah. double fisting the two? That would probably be really great, honestly. But again, like, yeah, like my whole gripe is and like I would say with the popcorn is with since Tabasco is like mainly vinegar and then it's the other chili stuff, whatever is if you put that on popcorn, yeah, it's going to get soggy. It would just start getting really soggy and clumped together. And I just don't know if that would be like, because popcorn is such a like nothing flavor. Obviously when you add butter and salt, it's like, well, you're really just tasting butter and salt. Yeah, you're like, it's just a vessel for bottle. <laughs> it's not like it's heightening the popcorn of it all. It's no, just it's like, how can I get? Butter, yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, if I, if you were to put Tabasco on popcorn, it, I just, I feel like it would just turn into this like mushy yeah. mass at the bottom of it. And then that's like not a good look or a good, you know, taste. That's kind of where my so. mind went too. I, I guess I didn't bring it up, but that's, you, I didn't think past that. I just, just like, oh, the flavor. Yeah. It sounds, sounds like it would make sense. Mm. Or I just have to like take one popcorn, do a little one dot of Tabasco and then move on. <laughs> she also ate it with a fork too which was a really interesting move oh yeah i mean that's that sounds like something you would find in in la or i mean like you're even mexico or something like that with like uh i mean we brought up cheetos or some or some like cheeto fries or put some mm. of the chamoy in, in there and um or and then do a fork yeah, yeah you right you do the pork stuff. rinds with the yeah yeah right. something like that it seemed like something that came out of I have like LA or, or something like that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think you kind of would, would probably need that, need that fork in that situation. And then the sogginess would kind of benefit. Cause then you could pierce the, the thing. Exactly. The yeah. Sure. You can like kind of have a better time there, but that's I know, some people like that mushiness. Some people like when things are like a little mushier, I totally get your thing on fish and chips. Like, I think I love the flavor benefit outweighs the texture imbalance that I think is like well put by you. And it kind of like almost de skins the fish sometimes from the breading. Yeah, um, it does. If you like overdo it, if you right overdo it too much. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I could be, there's times where I'm like, for whatever reason, it's like, there's no malt vinegar. If you're at a certain plate, I don't know. There should be malt vinegar, but uh, yeah. you just have a lemon or something. That's, that's completely fine. But yeah, just a little, little malt vinegar. And then, I mean, you could even throw some Tabasco if you're, if you're feeling up to it, but, uh well vinegar on the chips themselves too is good but again it just uh, makes it really mm-hmm. but yeah so good oh man getting hungry but i know they probably, Anyways, they, they they probably got some, yeah. uh, so now we got to get to the barbecue oh, scene barbecue so yes yeah, yeah, yeah. i 
It is the funniest thing to me that they are driving a car and then away, like it would be if if you were just just to imagine it, it'd be like if you are three exits away and you could smell what is not only at the third exit, but you get off the third exit and then you have to drive like down a street and turn left. That's in if and you out. Could, I mean, in and out has that effect at least. That's the closest thing I can think of. Like, not not in and out close. Yeah. But then it's uh, usually like, oh, it's we just passed it. It was at that exit. We right. It would be a, or something. Yeah. Totally. Or if you're at like the street level, makes more sense because mm-hmm. you're not moving it as there's more stops and all of that but it is insane to think that you're driving on a freeway and you could smell barbecue that people are cooking in a park that is like that far away <laughs> and have a conversation about like what is that smell oh my god that smells good yeah well, and like then, the more i think about like, both of these gotta, both of these stops they make it's just like i gotta let the logic go out the window a bit because i do think that when you, I mean, yeah, when you think about the making of this movie and everything and what John Singleton wants in his movie, it makes sense for him to want to express black culture within this movie totally. in, a, in, a, in a romantic kind of drama uh, consisting of a black cast and, and, and concerning a lot to do with, with black culture in, in a very prevalent area at the time and everything is, yeah, I don't know. If it, family barbecue let's have a family barbecue will be one of the scenes and we'll have a carnival that's celebrating african culture and when i think about the likelihood that they would stumble upon that that carnival is like okay i can't think i can't think too hard about that one because it they do it it exists like it's good that it's you know that that it's there and that they're experiencing those things and that it was important for him to get that that sort of backdrop out there um, yeah, and sure. to normalize that sort of celebration i think oh, sure. is important totally. as well but has haphazardly as they stumble upon these things i think that's where i kind of <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> like how did you, how the did barbecue you just, is oh, fine like i i'll, I'll make fun I mean, of you this, like the smell thing up like, the smell <laughs> thing it was stupid as hell because that's not how the smell works but like <laughs> It, it, it was awesome because it also got us to have like uh, the older generation critiquing on the way that the couples yeah. are in, interacting, which yeah. I love, like with the, the older the women. Maya Angelou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like actually talking about like what it means to be in a relationship, how they've had to go through relationships like that stuff was awesome. And I loved to the fish out of water of them all trying to pretend like they're part of the family. Tupac and was yeah, so like good in, that, in those. So, like, oh, like, crush cousin. Like, yeah, he was just like smiling, yeah. like this big smile of just like Im- immediately just like, yeah, whatever. Like playing it off like so well. I use really funny comedic actor. Yeah, totally. And yeah, he had uh Yeah, he had great he, I what was it? It was like Uncle Pete. I'm sorry, I was trying to think of the guy's name, but like yeah, that guy was awesome and just set the it was very real, grounded. That guy wasn't could have been a caricature, kind of like to the effect of I can't remember what the um uh actor's name is, like something Washington, maybe. Um, the guy who played like the dad in Friday. Like it could have been at oh, that. Be like Le- Denzel Washington? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Um, 
<laughs> what if it was? Oh my god! <laughs> and then he's yeah. You, there's also just then this air of like I'm gonna find you out and kick George your ass, George Washington. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, like it, it, that guy could have been a caricature and it could have been a more silly situation. And they just get, they chose to keep it really well grounded given the situation. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I was all about the, um, them doing the barbecue stuff because yeah, it also propelled the whole Regina King Chicago thing of like, she had been drinking this whole time. And we had almost like in real time been seeing that happen where she was working through this beverage that she just couldn't relinquish, even getting out. Like she just, it was like attached to her head, man. And then she, Which, yeah. And then she grabbed another different, like a wine cooler at the end of the barbecue oh, that right was near the end of the uh-huh. barbecue as well which that was it's like how did you finish that whole thing and grab another she's not she's saying she's married to, to uh chicago for six months to these women not wearing a ring and they're kind of like yeah you know, blown blown away by that and then she starts flirting with one of the dudes there um and then chicago gets super pissed and then they kind of have to am scray um out of there rightfully so all of that very real i loved it again yeah it, it, yeah. it could have been it much more like like you know them getting in a fight it taking over the whole party it yeah. was very just contained and very was, focused on what was, was going on was with them a lot of time like you aren't who you say you are like oh no we got right. like when there's this right. big old thing of like we got to deal with this now it's like no they can just like yeah get out of there and everyone there was like very kind and welcoming to them of like grab a plate of food oh take some to go whatever it's all good um he grabs two insane. plates of food he just like has like <laughs> just these and then Janet, of- jackson justice wasn't eating he's just like these are for me uh, right. and then, like the guy that he's that's talking to him at one point is talking to these women that's like you know third cousin removed it doesn't count or something like his family member he's like we're not are we family are we family i don't know third cousins, <laughs> second cousin, it doesn't really count I'm just like what right because one of the women was like into it yeah. there was one woman who was like clearly like this uh, <laughs> this guy is him. yeah we liked him. right yeah he yeah it was, it was so funny to see that where yeah one person was like this is never going to happen and you're an idiot and then the other one would be like oh i don't know i can play ball i'm sure that same um, conversation was happening to whoever was going up to aisha or gina king of like are you yeah. uh, related to uh so-and-so or are you right 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 because i mean it's like what kind of moves are you making at a family reunion <laughs> i know right jesus uh, <laughs> but yeah they do that and then it's like that's that's a big fight between aisha and chicago <laughs> and yeah, a lot of a lot of fights, a lot of confrontation, a lot of like you said, like stressful moments, especially when you're in such a confined space um, and they're like super pissed at each other and she's super drunk. And then they in the midst of fighting, pull over to a rest stop. Janet uh, Justice like gets her out and is like. Tells her what's what Regina King is playing really drunk, really well. Um, I really yeah. I re- her whole performance. I thought awesome. it was really there's a lot of facets to her character within someone who's who's who appears to be playing things off like ha, like kind of more bubbly and happy go lucky but then there's like this other side to her that she transferred over to really well and in, in those like this you're drinking that 
to have fun in these situations and to party and that Janet Jackson needs to loosen up. But then you see the other side of that, of someone who goes too far with that. And then that confrontation was really well handled. And then, um, yeah. And then, I don't know, I guess she's all of a sudden kind of like not as drunk. And then she kind of comes back and apologizes to, to Chicago. It's like one Mm -hmm. of the, that was one of the big fights before there's, the next fight, which I'm trying to, I think that might be, maybe we can just talk about the carnival. Cause I think that might be after, after the carnival, the next fight between them. Um, or there's a fight at the carnival, I think too. There's, they're just, they're going at it and, and really getting into it with each other. But are we, are we going to take a break? Is that what you're, you're asking for? Okay. We're going to take a quick break right now and uh, we'll be right back. So we're back and the next portion is this carnival i'd say is is the next big, yeah. big thing and this one is uh rather than olfactory it's or oral orally <laughs> they uh uh-huh. they find out what's going on so they smell first and then they hear some drums uh and then that one is just kind of just like they're there like there's no like is that drums and then all of a sudden they're like Oh wow, we're at a fe- we're at a carnival now. Cool. Um and and geographically makes zero sense. So like it it made somewhat sense that they would see the barbecue because they're coming from LA and I would say like probably like maybe around um Santa Barbara, like that area, you know, they could there's definitely families out there and they could run into a family reunion barbecue whatever. Um but after that, because there's some really great shots, and I've made that drive before of uh, Salinas, California. There's before you get into San Francisco, you're like more inland, and there's this ridge where you know clouds will come over, and it's very striking. It's one of the, it's a very uh, fertile place in California too. We grow a lot of produce there because yeah, what happens is is that clouds roll over this this kind of mountain range not mountain range because they're not that big but like you get what i mean and come into the valley and it really just keeps everything um really well uh like saturated um and but before that so yeah we had the carnival and so that would have been like Right in the middle of California where there really isn't anything you know there's a stretch between um yeah, I would I guess I would put it I'm trying to think of where like Pismo Beach slow is in and that's yeah, it's like central and then this is more this seemed like more northern. I mean they didn't seem to show something like I they could have gotten some shots of like Big Sur or something might have been mm. a little bit more central as well, but it seemed like they were showing these rolling hills of yeah, it almost looked like wine country or, or something Salinas, like, that, or like yeah, or Napa Valley or, or some shit. Um <laughs> of more yeah like inland stuff until they got to oakland and then mm-hmm. like closer to oakland then they started to show beachside sort of views or like actually the ocean you could see in the far distance but otherwise it was like a lot of inland sort of driving and it was, it was very much like california like la to oakland talk but it was interesting to see how they how they charted their course and the idea of like stopping something along the way yeah, it gets you thinking of like which what are they which ways are they taking? <laughs> you know. Oh, totally. Because yeah, just it wouldn't taking really make five, sense. Like you know, you start, yeah. Start getting your California mindset. Like, how are they how are they going? Where are they? Like, what is? Why would how would they just like stumble across something 
And if they're going to leave in the morning and get to Oakland by nighttime, I don't, I don't know how many stops you can really make. I'd be on like Tupac at the beginning. I understand why this is originally, I was going to make this as like a complaint. I, you know, I get, I get his sentimental sentimentality now. And he, especially in this point in the carnival is like, he's like, we are on a fucking schedule. Like we got to go. It's Tupac pretty much up to this point. And then he makes mm-hmm. the second stop. I'm like, man, you really not, must not care much care about that schedule. And then Chicago calls him out on that, like pretty much right when almost when I was thinking in it as well. And then Tupac is just kind of like, no, nah, we got time, whatever. And then I was originally, I'm like, what the fuck? Like this is criticism. But then it's like, he's falling in love. He's like, he's sure. so into Janet Jackson. He just wants to have every moment with her, I think. And, and, and all that. But uh, yeah, he's, it seemed like there was, a big schedule and yeah just thinking about like that drive that's a big drive for one for that one. is a big yeah, drive nothing that's driving especially in like a slow fucking seven seven ish to eight yeah, hours at least, right? at least eight hours i'd, I'd say mm-hmm. um i mean i could i could i've only made that drive once in my life yeah i would say it left it like god yeah like seven or eight o'clock and then you get there at like seven o'clock at, yeah wow this is saying six hours i guess yeah yeah some reason, yeah if you take the five so <laughs> yeah no exactly which is what i took yeah and that's where so in it cuts through you know you, take, through so, you so. go 101 more and like coast coastal mm-hmm. and kind of hit slow and other places yeah. along salinas there you go and you come, come in you like go from la you like go okay. out of there then you come in and then you yeah you that's the way with to go it. yeah that's the scenic ground that's six, and, six and a half hours that's that's worth it for that extra half hour i'd say you you get some nice coastal stuff if you're ever going to make that drive oh my god the if most ever, beautiful place on the planet it's like crazy out there that lives and works in la and you're doing your monthly drive to oakland to drop the mail off i'd recommend this is it. A, yeah yeah i'd recommend taking that 101 route and and uh bring in, bring some honeys in stopping at some uh barbecues and and carnivals <laughs> and, and and enjoy yourself you know um you know you, you we have the utmost respect for postal workers out there anyways yeah. uh they uh yeah they spent some time at this carnival um celebrating african culture and they're i don't know it's just kind of just kind of another place it, for the, for them to stop it's it, it seems another, like. yeah it, what it, what big things happen there besides i think chicago and aisha get into another fight i forget exactly the specifics of this one because they're just kind of at each other's throats um the majority of the movie and then it's like kind of toxic in the way that it kind of like they'll get right back to lovey-dovey and then go right very toxic yeah um, Mm -hmm. fighting and and everything uh but because that yeah, at play there is Chicago is not a man, and you start getting into that part of the argument where, and I was I felt for Chicago so much where the reason he is not he's having a hard time having sex with her is because he is so concerned about her because she is unreliable or uncontainable not to say that you have to contain women in your relationship not at all if anything the opposite you should let like wet uh, let anybody in your life you know 
you you don't obviously you want to be supportive and there's advice you can give but yeah like i don't know it's tough i i don't yeah i mean i haven't figured it out obviously but you know he isn't fully comfortable with her and that's what would cause those impotencies or those moments of not being able to rise to the occasion sexually is that he is so concerned that she's just gonna like drink and hook up with somebody else and doesn't feel that connection where he can you know he isn't fully on board or fully attracted to her even though he acts like a playboy which is more so just a show because it's even and about his like looks being so important to him and that's what matter but i think it is tied in with that kind of vanity a little bit at least not at least the expression of the character and how the i like within the writing and directing of how to kind of view him within that like irony of being such a such a player kind of looking that way and dressing this way is very important to him how he looks and comes off and that you know this is at at this moment looking at the kind of story synopsis is when they're each on the beach uh, mm-hmm. kind of in their own minds. And then you get the Janet Jackson uh, narration, but then it goes to each separate person and they each get their own narration of their inner monologue. And it, what is actually going on in his mind, apart from anyone else, what he's trying to show his vanity to anyone else, what's actually going on in his mind and what he's telling himself. He's like, you're all good, man. You don't need her. You got an apartment, you got money and you look great. Like, and you dress well, that's all that matters. So in his mind as a personal, like what he finds as important is, is those things is being, is being, is that vanity and everything. Um, but that being said, like that twist of, of, of him being kind of impotent and everything like that, I think can stem from that vanity and putting so much stock in these things that, you know, not to psychoanalyze that too much, but that uh you know aren't that are selfish and are not to the betterment of a relationship or for someone else you are so concerned with what pleases you rather than taking the time to please someone else and work with someone in that in that situation and in, in that moment but at the same time they're both kind of selfish people and they're not oh able, my God, they're yes. not able to come to a middle ground between each other to find a way to both get kind of what they want. They are like forcing the other person to change to fit their needs in every uh, step of the way. And it's, yeah, it's just clear that it's not going to work out, but the way that it comes to a head and in this scene where they stop at the beach, like after the beach and then they stop off the side of the road um to have this kind of final fight be- between them it's just yeah it's it's rough to see it lead up to this point and even harder when it hits this kind of head and yeah i don't know it makes you think of like your own life and p- other people and like people that you may know that it's just like it's hard to watch someone go through such intense sort of confrontations or or whatever between relationships or, some, or something and whoever out there has had situations where their friends are like you oh maybe they're like you love both of these people but them together for whatever reason is hard to be around or it's hard to see um or it's hard to know when to step in i thought this was yeah it was hard to watch it come to a head and and see that like they both really cared about those people as friends and everything but there was only so much that they can do and then it expressed itself in a very physical way 
Um, yeah, I was going to, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, I think that's something we should talk about where there is, it gets into violence on all fronts and you know, it, it was really tough to see because, you know, kind of what you're talking about is, is that like, no one is, everybody's at fault, you know, or even if you're not at fault for the particular like reason why you're fighting your mentality to get involved is also something of like uh, a problem or I, I guess like you're not, you're not adding or to the situation in a positive way. You're just only like letting your emotions get the best, best of you and just releasing. And yeah, I don't know, not, not being considerate, not being understanding and being very selfish and yeah, hotheaded and, and, uh, and what have you. Cause it's, it was really interesting to me to just kind of like internalize and think about, Chicago hitting uh, Aisha because you know they're she is being really really mean to him and it, it his anger isn't unwarranted or not like or it's un uh, characteristic or not a typical reaction that you would have. And it was, yeah, I don't know. It really kind of made me think about that. Obviously, I'm not promoting hitting women, but it's just as people, like if you were to kind of remove gender aside, is that both of them were being really mean to each other and to break out in violence just at a baseline is not okay. But it's not like it was totally one-sided, I guess is what I'm getting at, is that it's not like Chicago was built up as being a person who hits women. And it was very clear cut and like, or, you know, that, oh, he's obviously the worst person. He hit a woman is just un, like further propagating how terrible of a person he is. It just, it, it was much more dirtier and in the weeds of it all because like I was getting at earlier, she starts the her the way that she looks at Chicago too is so like he's just certain he's just there. He's the flavor of the week. I'm using him, which is also why I brought up the owner of the um of the salon that Jana works for is such a gross pessimism of like men are only there for my they're a tool you, know, you you take them out or you, and then you like put them back in right. them or, you, or you find a different tool yeah absolutely and which I think is that's when they're watching the two guys get arrested too is like it's mm-hmm. like this is the way that i cope with this and a lot of this i think is again trauma and how the women are totally coping with it and also the physical physicality of of some of the men and and i yeah whatever she's saying or doing as mean as it is it it's never should resort to that and i thought it was extremely effective in that moment i mentioned earlier where she's they're going at each other yelling yelling screaming screaming she's he, she walks away from him he's like telling her to come back and then she drops the bomb of you know i've been sleeping with other men and there's like a everything settles and there's a fat pause of that pause like looking at each other 
and he has decided that he's going to hit her. Like that's, that's yeah. something that I think is kind of ingrained in who he is as a character. Maybe we haven't seen it up to this point, but this is the point of like, we find out who he really is, honestly, mm-hmm. and where his mind goes and how, again, that's another selfish act too. He can't let his own fucking ego aside of like, I can just let this be and be indifferent to it. I know I got to fucking take revenge or some sort of vengeance. For I got to stick up for myself. They, yeah. They made like this person took down. My that's ego what it and is. That's what's important. And I have to, yeah. And I, that's, and that's, and, but that whole thought, there's a thought process that occurs within him right there where he decides. And then the editing is so well done where it takes the beat cuts between the two of them. Very purposefully. He hits her a really excellent compression shot of her of like, did that really just fucking happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the two, Tupac comes, uh, lucky comes out and, uh, protect, like tries to hold him off and everything. And then they just like kick him to the curb and, and move on. And you never see him again in the rest of the movie. I was like, I don't know. I was almost expecting sort some sort of come up with, uh, with him or like Regina or something. It's just like, I'm kind I'm kind of glad that it didn't have to go to that. And that those were kind of empty threats that they were throwing at each other. I'm like, Oh, they're going to fucking kill you and all this stuff. And that seems like something that you would make as a threat, but whether it's true or not, it's just like make someone have to, you know, live in their head and with, with love thinking that something's going to happen to them is a good way mm. to insult somebody. Uh, but yeah, I just, the, the effectiveness of, of that scene and yeah, I don't, I don't know, as far as their relationship goes, it's, it's hard to watch. Cause I mean, right. Yeah. Right before that, there's that scene of them making love and then thinking that they're going to like somehow get back together or something like that. Even though, right. I guess around the time is that narration where she's just kind of like, I don't even need him. And then she's, he's kind of effectively saying the same thing. Um, but I guess, yeah, that's just the toxicity, like of someone that they both like want Oh, toxic. It's almost like bipolar relationship or something of like trying so hard to get it back. And then minutes, one thing goes wrong, then it's just as bad as it was good. And uh, that's a scary thing to witness. I'm sure uh, if you're lucky or or justice and uh, yeah, they kick, kick into the curve and move, move on. Um, And then we get, should I move on to the beach scene between them two? I believe is around this point, which was like, yeah, a good, it's like, just, it, it's fine. Yeah. I, I don't know how nice. much there is. I mean, the, the story, yeah, it's fine. You, you find out a bit about Janet's mom and then yeah. um, like her backstory, the timing of the kiss with that story was just like a sense of like, Oh, you're showing me your vulnerable side. I, that's how I read it. And you know, right. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like a time to be intimate. And I thought they're, yeah, them together just worked for me and and they had a nice little moment about after something something that was so intense and confrontational and then we get to Oakland and keep on moving. Yeah, yeah, keep yeah, truck, yeah. Keep on postal service trucking it up to Oakland and then we get to this fucking We just, get to Michael Rappaport. Uh, that is Michael Rappaport. Okay, I was like that's that you see him from afar but it's like I'm almost positive that's Michael yeah, Rappaport. Yeah, not in this movie a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's just, just briefly in it. Hey, I thought there was another guy. No, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of gone. Um and then we just get to the most devastating scene in the movie apart from Q-Tip. Apart from Q-Tip, yeah. And uh I, yeah, it, was just, another- it was just really hard to watch and it was one of those things yeah rolling up at nighttime your first like 
kind of night scene and checking the house to see and then he's just how he walks up to it. that like process of discovery i thought was pretty well handled by mm. tupac's performance and then the direction of seeing the red and blue lights and and seeing the movement of people and a direction and not understanding and then uh just having that having to sit with that totally. for a second and then um move on and then uh yeah and then there's this kind of like fallout of that where he blames Janet he blames justice and they kind of separate for a moment and when she goes to her fashion show he checks out his cousin's music and then convinces his family the cousin's family to uh his aunt and uncle to that he can have the music equipment because he'll do what his cousin wanted to do with it um he's pretty forceful about it like the day after he died he's like i i'm gonna need that music equipment which like yeah i like at first I was kind of like, oh man, he's kind of laying that on pretty heavy, especially the day after. But then also it's like his cousin was just super into music and spent like the little money he had, it seemed like on trying to make his dream a reality. And God damn it, dude, was this fucking like hard to watch knowing what happens to Tupac like this, this whole scene and like having his cousin, like who's so into music and trying to make it and shit and like sounds really good. And then seeing Tupac react to that guy's death was like, fuck, dude, this is so fucking difficult to watch and know that like Tupac's fate is not that much fucking different. And yeah. And yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just like this movie is super fucking prescient at, at the moment mm. that it was made. And along with a lot of the themes of, yeah, there's some police, police stuff in, in this, in this, yeah. and how, how, uh-huh that was expressed with Janet Jackson watching, walking around South central and with her poems and everything as well too, or and my Angelou's poems. But this scene in particular is, yeah, it's just fuck. It was really fucking hard to digest seeing Tupac acted out and seeing him emotionally express the, the heartbreak that of that situation and knowing his fate as well was, yeah, mm. I just had to say it was like, very very difficult to to take in um but we end the end the movie on a romantic crescendo of uh of positivity of him bringing his daughter uh, tupac just uh lucky bringing his daughter to the salon to get her her due uh done gotta get that due done do done and uh i like how um justice goes through her own process in that time too and decides to move yeah and totally wear, and wear white wear yeah wear other than black yes and uh and she kind of changed i don't know she wants her due done as well i think and uh she lights those ends up a bit uh that i did i just didn't know that process man of light of lighting your dreads at the, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Makes, that makes so so much sense. But I was just like, so it doesn't fray. Yeah. Do you, when you uh, are like relaxing, do you like to lay on your bed and stroke your your breast uh, very slowly? So, sometimes, while you're, while yeah. you're like daydreaming. Yeah, sometimes it helps. Yeah, it, it helps puts me in the right mood. Yeah, especially when I'm writing poetry. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll do that yeah, every I once sub- in a while too. I I, I really, well, I'll just stare at the ceiling and just stroke myself. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you just need a change of perspective, and one way to do that is to just lay on the opposite side of what you normally do in your bed. <laughs> in a state of undress. Uh, yeah, oh my god, yeah. Throw some, like, nice lighting around there. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, usually after these podcasts recording, I just, you know, turn off the lights, light up a couple <laughs> candles and just lay the opposite direction in my bed. Like, you know, it just it helps me cope and, you know, unwind and what have you. So, yeah, I, I totally some of them. Yeah, it feels good. You know, it makes sense. Next, you know, next phase of your life. And yeah, it's not like, you know, I it's, you know. And that's me not in a movie, you know, it made more <laughs> sense with that, that this would happen because she's in a movie. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, that's right. Yeah, she's in a movie. Yeah, she's in a movie. So, you know, obviously she's going to do that kind of stuff. OK. All right. That tracks. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm happy with the movie now. Ten out of ten. <laughs> um, yeah, then that's. uh that's the end. That's poet. That's, that's poetic. poetic. So poetic justice. Uh, so so what is poetic justice? She I know. Well, that's the thing. It's like not really. What, what justice double, did she not, get? I know it's not really a double entendre. Yeah. It's like it's really just very literal. Of like, you, yeah. hey, that justice over there, she's really poetic. Uh, poetic. But there's not right. really a justice being done in that in the other sense of the word exactly yeah there's nothing poetic about the justice that's done to anybody because there isn't really any nah. like you know like, uh, because it, it, justice who knows right i would say like it for it to be poetic justice in more of a literal sense is that tupac would have then become a like a hip-hop artist based on like he would have picked up the mantle that his cousin was carrying and then gone on to the success that his cousin would have had had he not been killed like that would have been poetic justice or if something with justice's poems like made her you know um God, yeah, like uh, it, she, her whole thing is so underwritten, and that's the thing that you know we've already t- talked for about. Her, her. Well, I guess her mom killed herself. Yeah, so like is, yeah, or something. for boyfriend, like there's nothing there that it's like. What kind of just like what is okay? So it's, the if, wrong, only, if, if anything, it's yeah, it's, it's only just literal. It's just put, like literally. <laughs> It is poetic justice, and her name is Justice, which is uh, poetic, <laughs> and the, like the other sense is just. Uh, I was searching. I'm glad you brought that up because I was searching for that today too. Like after watching it, just kind of like I was ex- really expecting that to be more a part of the movie, and for it to be a road trip movie that's not represented in the title whatsoever. <laughs> no, definitely not. It doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be, but you know, it is a road trip movie. This is a road trip movie. There's more poetic justice in Boys in the Hood than there is in Poetic Justice the movie, and yeah, it's kind of surprising that. Yeah, I don't know. There's not more of a. Yeah, because if you if you were to look at this from a different angle and just shift perspectives for a second, because we don't need to fully get into it is it's like what like uh, Janet Jackson as justice, like what did she really you know, there wasn't. Yeah. Like, what did she go through, get out of like all of that stuff was so non she's working through like grief and trauma from q-tip and and moving on from that um and i wasn't sure what more could be done if i wanted any with her, flashbacks with, her, with q-tip with her poetry for, or, or like would have helped yeah that or yeah i mean if there was going to be some sort of thing that she wanted apart from just like having her book of poetry, if she wanted to do something with that again, like I think think her and Tupac could have bonded over that way more. Like he's into music and he's into writing songs 
she's into poetry. Like there could have been a lot more discussion as their characters, even about that. Even if you're not going to be like, Oh, we're going to have Janet Jackson, Tupac perform at this one to end the movie or something, which again, as much as I may think I want that, that could have been handled like pretty lame. Terribly. That could have been, it could have been corny as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know, but as they're bonding over something like that, I I, I think would have been nice. But the closest thing I think was at the carnival where, She's like talking about her poetry and it's like, that's what her way of like expressing herself. And he's like, what, what do you, what do you want to express? Like, what do you feel on the inside that it's so important that you want to express? And she's like, I don't know. What do you, what's so important to you that you want to do with your music? What do you want to express? And he's like, right. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I was like, uh, Oh, we're going to leave it there. Like we're really going to yeah. really leave it there. Cause I was really I mean, looking it, forward to yeah. that. But also it was like, again, it's like this really trying to like, I feel like my, reading is like this guarded sort of way of of being uh sometimes within this culture that it's like hard to really like let let your guard down and be vulnerable in some of these in some of these moments and um and yeah. i don't know but also that scene he's just he's just sucking on that lollipop trying to play so cool lollipop. Like, tell her how you feel man just tell her how you feel that's what i want to hear i want to i want to hear what you want to sing about i want to hear like why poetry is so important to her and like what about right. her like i know her mom was a lawyer that killed herself when she was 12 years old but like what about poetry was like your way of coping and, and your way of like getting through those things like there was yeah there was, right. there was more that could have been explored oh. there but also, I yeah, I don't know. I lo- I really was drawn to all of the characters in this movie pretty much. Like I know the boss was a little like much, but the of Janet Jackson um yeah. in the salon and some of the characters within the salon. Uh, yeah, you know, like, like the whole serious. argument with the two dudes. Yeah, okay, uh, like was so stupid and spent Pretty time famous. on nothing. Yeah, it yeah, was that, so fucking was, pointless. And, and to have a movie that was so full of fights, like their their fight between each other was just more cad. Like very a lot of cattiness going on in that salon. That was just like uh, a, a bit much, but it was like also funny sort of place to be. Is like a is a salon, you know, and people kind of at each other's throats, but. Anyways, yeah, I overall I thought the characters I was drawn to a lot and this was a movie about characters. I don't think it was as much about the narration as much as it was a road trip movie. It was a a vessel for them to have character moments and I think that they were successful on a lot, a lot of those fronts. Um for now I'm going to remind everyone of the Rotten Tomato score which is 34% by critics with 32, only 32 reviews and then 83% by audience with 25,000. Um, let's start with some uh, critics reviews. Kenneth Turan, Los Angeles times poetic justice is a disappointment. Uh, we will move on to entertainment weekly from Owen Gleiberman. <laughs> Singleton splatters his ambition all over the screen. He mixes up violence, romance, comedy, rage, and yes, poetry. Yet he barely demonstrates the discipline to shape a scene. That's really harsh. <laughs> it's like really harsh. You can't even like create a scene. I mean, come on. Come on. That's not true. Vincent can be New York Times. It has the air of something awkwardly fabricated to reach an inspirational goal. I'll read that one more time. It has the air of something awkwardly fabricated to reach an inspirational goal. Yeah. 
That's like alluding. Okay. I think I feel like that's alluding to the end. I I don't know. I feel like the end, yeah, in mm-hmm. its way is is earned, and that's just like almost being tone deaf, not understanding <laughs> that 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 ending a bit, um, or just like I don't know, just how prevalent and prescient that that can happen just at any point in time, and how that can make someone. Uh, maybe that's not what he's talking about. That's just how I read it. Anyways, um, Derek Adams, timeout. An honorable failure, a flawed attempt to take black film out of the macho gangsta ghetto. Uh, okay, Derek Adams. Okay, okay. He's, yeah. Um, it's like looking at something as a part of something else. I feel like sometimes with, with critics is when I read them as like, you're looking at it as a part of something rather than like its own thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Because what? Like, oh, well, this is this, but that. And it's like, you can have it be just what it is and sometimes but um uh from empire angio arigo made more than two years ago i i guess when he wrote this this is nowhere near as well thought out as its predecessor boys in the hood and is far more strained in making its point um from time richard schickel what must be said is that the new movie is simply awful, poorly structured, vulgar, vulgarly written, insipidly directed, monotonously performed. Fuck. Fuck. Damn. Take you to task. Um, TV Guide magazine. Overall, this is a fuzzy, unfocused drama that bites off more than it can chew or viewers can digest. I was on board for the first half of that and then not on board for the second. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's pretty much, yeah, we'll call it there on critics. Um, we'll move on to some audience selection uh, and see what they have to say about things. Adam from Amazon, five stars, top 500 reviewer, it says about Adam. I don't know what that wow. is. Uh, we've been finding about Amazon badges and what they mean. It's been, it's been interesting seeing, Mm -hmm. seeing what types of badges there are out there. Uh, let's see here. He says, great movie, very dramatic and filled with compassion. Janet Jackson, Tupac, Regina King together early in their careers, legendary performances. What I love is that this movie deals with everyday problems, including relationships, job stress, depression, and just being alone in the world. Yeah, with other problems like alcoholism, drug abuse, and death. I never get tired of watching this movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, From Love Dance, five stars, excellent movie. I saw this movie when it first came out, then a couple years ago, and I am again in awe of the acting and the storyline. John Singleton, RIP, did a phenomenal job as did Janet Jackson, Tupac, and all of the actors and actresses. Great cinema. From uh, Jay West, five stars titled Poetically Justice. This is one of John Singleton's RIP, best top films he's ever done. First time I saw this three years before Tupac passed away, I thought this was a very good poetic journey film. This has a great storyline, definitely adult film. Great performances and roles by Janet Jackson, Tupac, and Regina King, highly recommended. Um, From Honest Opinion, titled Classic. Tupac and Maya Angelou. This is still one of my top 10 favorite films. It is definitely not kid-friendly regarding the language, but if the younger generation wants to witness Tupac's acting, a snippet, a snippet of Maya Angelou's wisdom and the work of some of the, uh, and, blah, 
and the work of some great black poets, it's a must-see. So sad and beautiful at the same time. Hmm. I think I'll do one more here. Uh, from Chappie. Oh, Chappie's writing reviews. <laughs> Finally. He's been he's been around on the earth long enough that he's like, I'm going yep. to watching Poetic Justice. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, five stars forever, titled Forever a Classic. The overall pacing and feeling of this film really accurately, accurately portrays the process of falling in love, complete with ups and downs. Will they or won't they? Most Hollywood love stories show people either diving in headfirst or, e- or else putting up superficial resistance and eventually succumbing. People are more complicated than that. Love is scary. People often try <laughs> to protect themselves from the vulnerability of loving someone. This film gets that right. Definitely in the top five Netflix and chill films ever made. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Both of wow. these are incredibly attractive as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Chapp- Chappie's just getting their rocks off to Chappie and Janet. Who can uh, they're, they are both very attractive. I they sorry. are. They're both very but attractive. But top five Netflix and chill. I really want their letterbox of Netflix. Yeah. The, oh, what other ones are on there? Chappie. Um well, do you mind if I just go ahead and kick it off or about my uh, my feelings? Yeah, just if you could just put one more pin in it, I'll be right back. Of course, we'll be right back with our uh, thoughts and our uh, final Rotten Tomatoes score. All right, we're back. We're going to do our uh, final reviews. I'll go ahead and start. Um, I am the forever guest after all. Uh, I will Mm -hmm. do the honors. Um, I enjoyed this movie. I, I like this movie a lot, and I feel like kind of how how much I love movies in general. Just to put it out there, I just like feel kind of dumb for not knowing enough John Singleton. And I will put it out there to you, if anyone's listening, that I will do my due diligence and watch Boys in the Hood. Make sure I watch it all the way through <laughs> and check out more of his work because this is this is something that like you come to see. I'm sure a lot of people, maybe at this time too, I don't know, you probably know it's from the guy who made Boys in the Hood, but also a lot of people, I'm sure, came to see Tupac and Janet Jackson in the movie together. Um, That was definitely like a big thing going into it for me was them two being able to act like and be in a a romantic movie together. They they were great. And and the performances in this movie were just really, really good. I know I'm uh, at a loss for adjectives <laughs> at this point, but like just phenomenal acting from, from people who it's not their first talent and they're just so fucking talented and they just ooze charisma. And that keeps things going for me in like a lot of ways. If, you know, I don't, I, I'm not sure if I would be as interested if the chemistry between them two, along with Regina King, John, John Joe Torrey, uh, Chicago, really push this movie forward the artistic elements and stylistic choices from john singleton um coupled with the decision to include maya angelou poetry i love poetry like i i I love Mm. poetry and for them to have that be instilled the phenomenal woman phenomenally woman uh that whole poet poetry like poem and everything i was really dig in and the whole thing about not being able to do things alone that you need people uh, was interstitched throughout the movie. And I thought in a, in a very beautiful way, I think 
we've touched on some tonal shift stuff and I, I could totally understand that being a criticism. Um, the stereotypical nature and generic nature of like kind of a road trip movie and what comes along with that. Uh, another one that is something that I didn't expect. And I thought uh, held up the structure enough for me to get into the characters, which I was very interested in, but also, yeah. And in, in a way detracted from it being as like interesting and dynamic of, of a movie. Uh, but you know, you, I, yeah, I guess you can't, can't have it all in, in certain ways too. So it's hard for me to really like try to edit it or change it in my mind. I think it was very purposeful in what it was trying to do and what it was displaying, uh, in terms of characters and situations, um, piece by piece. But yeah, I, I can see like shifting between those pieces wasn't as well handled and the sum of its as being as, as good as a, like some of its parts, you know, and those parts in a way like stand out as, as really great. And then when you put them together, yeah, there's the cohesive units isn't it, cohesiveness of, of it all and the cohesion of it all, uh, I guess could leave a little bit to desire to be desired. I think I guess would be where I would go with mm. some of my criticism. Um, but overall, like I, yeah, I like the music a lot. Uh, and the, emotional intimacy between Tupac and Janet, just to go back. I mean, even thinking of that beach scene um, was something that was, that rang true for me as a romantic movie too. And, and, and people falling in love and having that moment between each other. Maybe I wanted them to open up to each other a little bit more, a little bit more often or a little bit sooner or something like that. Um, but it's just interesting to see it done at this um, a, a movie like this done within the black culture for the, for black people. I mean, it's for, it's for everyone, but it's, it's John Singleton's purpose is, is to, you know, and I think I heard Tupac in a interview and everything say it's, it, you know, it's kind of like Romeo and, and Juliet a little bit too, or in his mind, because he's just being able to, act against Janet Jackson and, and all that stuff. Mm. And uh, all of that stuff just feeds to the excitement of watching. And I thought I found it very watchable. And I think there's some of these movies that I'm counting down, like when it's going to be over a little bit at certain times. And I thought for being almost two hours, like it gets that first act done pretty quickly and, and does a good amount of foreshadowing, good, good amount of setup gets you on the road. Um, if any knocks, I guess maybe on the road a little too long with like those stops and everything like that of like, kind of like how many stops are they going to make? But yeah, they fill the time with great character moments and, and I'm going to stick by that and good good performances, um, all around, uh, and a fucking 20, 20 year old Tupac. It's still just still blows, blows Mm, my mind. Crazy. Um, I will give, if I'm going to do a Rotten Tomato score, I'll give this a 78%. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. Um, yeah, man. It's just, it's, it's hard to not be on board with our two main leads because they are so incredibly charismatic. Um, just in, yeah, just the way that they have approached the character and also their innate natural energy. Um, 
Yeah, I agree too that even though this movie is long, um, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. It really doesn't. You know, I I think you to get into the critiques of it is that it does present things and doesn't fully follow through, or there may be things that instead of folk, you know, maybe if we didn't have the like carnival, you know, and we had something else that would have been better. And yeah, all of just even it didn't seem long. Maybe it could have been longer. Or it could have just focused on other things. And that would be overall my biggest critique is um, it just it's a little unfocused. But overall, I had a good time with it. Um, Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything specifically. I mean, Regina King and um, Joe Torre. uh, Great. They. They drove more of the movie than our main leads did at times. And that's uh, something to be commended because, yeah, I mean, that's not how it's supposed to work. And maybe it shouldn't have worked like that. Again, another knock on the movie, but at least it was there. And that was interesting to see play out. And, um, yeah, I like the music, too. I, I, I would be remiss to leave this podcast without mentioning that TLC performs Get It Up. Yeah, I think it's get it up or something. Get up. Anyways, which is a time song that was originally recorded and performed by Prince and the time that is a so it's a cover of a Prince song. That song rocks so hard. Everybody go listen to that song by TLC or go listen to it by the time. Awesome song. Um, yeah, I heard somewhere there was it's, like, this is off topic that like Morris, Morris day in the time or something like can't perform as the time. It's like been like copyrighted by this is, this is speculation. I don't, I don't fully, fully know, but I was re- reading somewhere like you can't like the time is like copyrighted under like the Prince estate or something like that. So you can't like perform as that at, at the current moment. It's crazy. Mm, interesting. Anyways. Okay. No, that, that could make it. Yeah. That could be totally true because, yeah, there's I mean, Prince was so integral in the Times music and him and Morris Day. I mean, he's in and yeah, they're they're just good friends. They were, you know, Morris was in Prince movies and yeah, they just made a lot of great music together. Um, But yeah, so my review of this, I, too, am going to give this a 78 percent. That's what you just gave it. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that number no before way. you said anything and the fact that you said it um, just validated that <laughs> for me because not because we don't agree or, or have the same score on these on these things that often you kinda did that but, to me last week, too, with class act. I was like thinking like 68, 72 range. And then you like said 71. I was like, man, we're just on the same page. With yeah. Stuff. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to give it a 78 percent. The reason just again in full summation is that it is. There there are things that I like about it and but it is apparent that there could have been things done better. And we've already talked about some of them. And so that's why I wouldn't give it into the more 80 score. But I do think if I were to recommend it, which is kind of how I view the percentages, I'm sure you feel the same way of like when you start getting into the eight, the 70 range, you're like, 
maybe consider going out of your way to watch it but you know maybe almost like a you know michelin star rating if it's at least a one michelin stars in the 70 percent and i think this is worth at least making a trip if you have the opportunity um to watch this because yeah i mean it's a janet jackson and tupac movie which never happened again and tupac unfortunately uh yeah didn't make a lot of movies after this and i think he was good in it and it's worth watching and there's a lot there that you can get out of it and yeah 78 percent. it's bonkers that it's a 34 Mm -hmm. on the critic side and i think so stupid we've mentioned it speaks to how these things are tabulated because i even go on like metacritic and a lot of the critics reviews aren't necessarily like bashing it and hating it they're more in like the 40 or 50 range a lot of them which means they're maybe four or fives out of 10 or something yeah maybe if that's how they're they rated or something or two uh, out of uh two two and a half out of five or something which yeah i guess to a lot of people within that we've talked about that binary system that just means it's rotten and it's bad but it is i don't know it's just misrepresented 34 percent for this yeah, movie, that's like pretty fucked up. Like, and there's there's just certain movies, and I think like Class Act was an example of that too, where it had very low ratings by the critics because either it's just yeah, it's just not. If you go to these some of these older movies in the '90s and stuff like that, and you're trying to figure out what to watch one night, you will check Rotten Tomatoes. It's it can be not super reliable. So take certain things with a grain of salt. Um, it's fun to parse these things on this podcast. If you've enjoyed it with mm. us, we I. I appreciate it. And I hope you hope you have um, mm. because yeah, it's, it's, it's so fascinating to see how these things are, are represented through, through the numbers and um, m- makes me also think about totally. why it might be, why I haven't heard of this movie, you know, uh-huh, right. It was rated better. If it had more, it aired on the size side of where the audience is. It's like, maybe it'd be popping up more places. I did notice it was on. I took, I took a plane, a big plane trip. Recently, it was on uh, the on-demand for the on the plane ride, and oh, uh, wow. it was available there. It was right before we were doing class act. I wasn't sure if we were going to do poetic justice, but I was like, "This, I can't believe." I'd yeah, maybe I would have passed by, never heard of it if I didn't know that we were going to do it for the podcast. But yeah, uh, it's it's out there. So there's someone someone on uh, Delta flight that's watching poetic justice. I I swear, fuck uh, yeah, as we speak right now. So that's that's good. Um, this is the point in the podcast where I reveal to you the next movie. Movie. You're about to get polarized again. We're we're taking the shifts uh to the year of 2020 uh for a Charlie Kaufman flick known Mm. as I'm thinking of ending things, uh certified fresh rotten tomatoes. Score of 82 by the critics with 264 reviews. Just to remind you, Poetic Justice had 32 critic reviews. And then it, I'm thinking many things has a 49% audience score with 1,000 audience ratings. Poetic Justice had 25,000 audience ratings. It's just interesting wow. how these things, yeah, just are, are represented. Like critics are just going, just jacking off to this I'm thinking of anything's movie. They're going crazy for it. But they don't they won't go back to re-review Poetic Justice. I guess why would they? So that's not gonna get more reviews. But then the audience, like barely any anyone saw this. I'm thinking many things movie. Mm. A thousand a thousand reviews. I'm sure if I go on Amazon, maybe it'll be more, but it's a Netflix movie. It's on all of your guys' Netflix. 
if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking about uh, checking out next week, it's on Netflix. You can check it out. Uh, yeah, and um, we'll see you next time. Uh, talk to us on Twitter at Polarized Pod. Yep. Twitter. Uh, watch us live on Twitch at Polarized Pod. If you catch us, uh, you can shoot us an email with anything else. PolarizedThePod at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple. Have yourselves a lovely day slash evening. Great, Brandini. Is there anything else you want to share? No, that is, you nailed it. Um, yeah. Follow us on those social, yeah, like and comment. Um, yeah, no, I got nothing. Hell yeah. That's, that was great. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.